that's about being critical about video games and stuff. I'm Luke, not the person that normally hosts this podcast, so I didn't bother to memorize the proper intro. Dustin's not here. I'm taking over, because I need to talk about a video game with my friend Melissa. Hi. How's it going? It's going well. Uh, We have both played through Pathologic 2, and I think we've both kind of been itching to just talk about it a lot with someone else yeah like i really needed to talk to someone who's finished it too yeah it's uh it is a hell of a game that not that many people have played and uh for some reason when you try to pitch it to people and explain that it is a uh anxious misery simulator they um don't seem enthusiastic about giving it a try it's a whole conversation of do games have to be fun, but the thing is, I actually had a lot of fun of Pathologic too. Yeah, once I settled into it, I thought it was a very entertaining game. Uh, I guess we should probably back up a little bit. Have you played or like watched a Let's Play of anything of Pathologic 1? So, I started watching a bit of the H-Bomber Guy video, and then he started getting yeah, spoilers, yeah. and I said, you know what, I think I'm, he think he might have convinced me to play Pathologic 1, so I'm, I uh-huh. am currently considering when and how I would play. I'd probably stream it. I streamed Pathologic 2, so. Yeah. Yeah, there's a part of me that kind of wants to check out Pathologic 1. Um, it does seem like it is even more, uh, frustrating in some ways than two is did you see the knife throw the knife the fact that the muggers throw knives at you is something i am not happy about like, i thought they were bad enough but the idea of them just to be able to like eat a knife at you is really bad it's a really bad <laughs> it's, thought it's so bad um and yet there's also part of me that like i kind of sort of just want to wait and see the pathologic two versions of the bachelor and changeling stories you know when they eventually come out mm-hmm. uh who knows how long that'll be but i can wait uh yeah i had kind of I, I must have heard of pathologic before two came out but i think i probably assumed it was like a pandemic or like a plague inc or something like a strategy you know like there were a lot of words like game that. or something yeah there was like a lot of words like that coming out on that time so it probably blended in yeah uh i kind of didn't really know what it was or anything about it i had never seen like gameplay footage of it uh and then this one came out and i ignored it and then after like a couple weeks in i just kept seeing critics whose opinions i respect talking about how this is one of the best games they've ever played i'm like all right i guess i gotta give it a shot then <laughs> I saw the whole thing get streamed, and after uh-huh. after that, I'm like, all right, two things I'm promising myself. One, to buy this and play this myself, and then the other thing I promised myself was, yeah, I'm not going to watch a stream on the uh, other two characters whenever they come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
if this is not clear, there is going to be lots and lots of spoilers for this game uh, in this podcast. So it, if you have any curiosity about this, I would really strongly recommend you turn this off and play it for yourself or watch, you know, a video of someone else playing it at the very least. I, uh, I can personally say that even if you do decide to stick through and are convinced to play it, it's still a very worthwhile experience. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, honestly, uh, Melissa, do you want to plug your Twitch? Do you have archives of your playthrough of it uh, on there? Sadly, I don't have a good hard drive because the way to the way ah. you, you would want to archive is for YouTube, and I don't have a hard drive to do all that stuff with. So, I gotcha. And so, yeah, sadly, I don't have that archived. But if I pay Pathologic One, I'm going to have it archived. I mean, nice. I, I, fig- well, I figure I'll yeah. pitch my uh, Twitch later on. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, regardless, there are playthroughs of this game out there, and if you don't want to play it for yourself, if, if you can't afford it or just aren't interested, you should you should check it out. Uh, but with that said, I guess let's let's kind of dive right in. Do you want to just kind of go chronologically, at least to start with? Well, yeah, let's do day one. Let's get that ominous Majora's Mask day one. Yeah, well, I guess by chronologically, I guess we should start at day 12, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean... Yeah, you know the first because right away this game throws so much at you. The first play was a disaster. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because you like start the game, you're uh, you're on like a stage, but it's been turned into like an operating theater. But there's a director there who's like, man, this place sucks. Yeah, Marco Mortel is one smug-looking <sighs> motherfucker, and it look he looks oh, like exactly man. a dude. If I tried to shoot, would just like slip out of his clothes and disappear. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, fucking Marco Mortel. Gah. That guy. Um, but yeah, you kind of walk through the this horrible, like, apocalyptic scene. There are just dead bodies everywhere. There are soldiers with flamethrowers that are burning people. And, like, you try to ask them if, wait, are those people even infected? And they won't tell you because it doesn't matter. What what caught me in that opening scene, too, because you see military tents, dudes with rifles, gas masks, flamethrowers, all that stuff you, you mentioned... And then, yeah. like, and there was this one one part of the street where it's turning, and you look over this barbed wire fence and see two kids playing hopscotch. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a real tone setter that whole cold open. Uh, and you eventually, I like that you check your map in this section, and before they've even explained like the reputation system or anything, you just see that every district of the town hates you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just you open the that. map screen, just oh, you're hated here. You're hated here. You're hated here. Okay. <laughs> I haven't even started playing yet. What? Okay. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. To give some background too, Pathologic uh, 1 is kind of framed the same way. Pathologic 2 is a stage play. Well, not really a right. stage play. It is a play, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a performance. Uh, but it extends beyond the theater mm-hmm. into the whole, the whole town. Uh, and you eventually make your way into the cathedral where there are two characters you have. I am probably, it's been like a month since I've played this game, so the names are starting to slip by me, but it's the Inquisitor and the General. Yeah, right? General, Block, and then Aglaya. Libovich, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. It's- and they're kind of having like an argument about like the final thing they're going to do for this town. Before you walk in, there's some random person who's like, hey, whatever you do, don't talk to the Inquisitor first. Uh, I don't know if that actually affects the dialogue you know, or not. I've, I've done that scene a few times, and I yeah. not I'm really not sure if it does or doesn't. Yeah, um, but the general basically explains to you they're burning the entire city down, 
and your character tries to explain that you've come up with a cure for the plague, but it doesn't matter because you don't have, like, vats and vats of it ready to go, which is the only thing that would save the town at this point. Mm-hmm. And then Mark Immortal just shows up in the cathedral, like a spotlight falls on him. Kind of the first indication that this is all just sort of one big play. And uh, he gives you the opportunity to start over. Yep, do another take. It, it, yeah. not, not even like a, not even like reattempting the same play. No, we're going to do a new play. Right, right. Uh, I like the dialogue option here where he says like, oh, do you want a second chance? And one of the choices you have is, no, I'd like a first chance. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. There's like a bunch of cute little dialogue choices like that. The game. This game is extremely well written. The dialogue. So like no one talks like a normal person in this game. No one. No. No. Uh-uh. And dialogue's weird and dreamlike. And you have a lot of control to kind of steer uh, your character, Artemy Burach. I'm, yeah. I'm try- I've been practicing that like RKH sound so much. Yeah, that, that sounded right. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, sound, it sounded okay for an American. Um, and where was I going with that? Uh, you have a lot of control over how you yeah. steer Artemy. Yeah, so I'm like running in like so little sleep. So like you get a lot of control over his tone. Like you can be an absolute ass the entire game. Um, my friend who was watching me play through it though kind of commented that I was playing more of the horsefly, mm-hmm. like challenging, annoying. But yeah, not over yeah. the line. Yeah, I uh, I think I tried to kind of play him as when he first got into town, he's very skeptical and very like, he's a man of science, dang it. And then the more he gets wrapped up in all of the uh, plot lines of the game and sees more and more supernatural things, he kind of like lets that guard down and just kind of accepts, okay, yeah, magic. At, all right, sure, let's point, roll with it. Like you're not even given a chance to deny the crazy shit you just saw. Right. Yeah, um, but yeah, so you play as Artemy Burak, who is, uh, he lived in this town, which is not named ever throughout the game. It's somewhere, like... Just a town. It's it's just a town somewhere in, like, the steppes of Russia, uh, and it has a lot of, uh, sort of unique, let's say, customs. Uh, you're the son of the town's doctor, and you went away to medical school for several years. Uh, there's some dialogue that there's, like, a war going on, uh, with this country, but they don't talk about it in direct terms very much. Uh, and eventually you get a letter from your father saying, hey, there's something very serious happening back home. I need you here to help me, uh, as a doctor. And that sort of is what kicks off your whole quest. Uh, you get a lot of sequences early on where you're on a train, and you meet another important character, the like fellow traveler. Oh, the traveler, yeah, yeah. Who might be the devil? It's not clear. Yeah, like I, you know, I haven't died enough to get enough context in that dude. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, he like. W- you're in a train car, and he just pops out of a coffin. Yeah, and a coffin says, hey, just you want to play? Flops over, rolls in the ground, pops open. There he is. Yeah, and then he asks if you want to play dice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, one of your dialogue options is just like, "No, you don't play dice with strangers because you might be playing dice with the devil." You know, that's a really good point. Maybe he is yeah. the devil. Like the thing is, these little lines out of context can mean a lot with this game. Well, so we'll we'll get into the death mechanic a bit in a second. So you haven't met him in the the death theater. No, I haven't. Like I've I've read okay. what can happen though. 
Yeah, so if you die enough times, you will meet him when you die, and he says, listen, this is clearly very tough for you, let's make a deal, and I'll make the game easier for you, but I won't tell you what I'm taking uh, until after we make the deal, but it will be something important. And if you agree to that, then what happens is that you can't get any of the real endings of the game anymore. Takes your ending. <laughs> yeah, he takes your ending away. And the in the the trade you make too is you don't get any death penalties. I think he puts you back at full health. Yeah. So yeah, I guess let's run through how death works. So when you die, and you'll die a lot in this game. Apparently, I'll die a lot more than you did. <laughs> oh, the, I mean, this is how I played Pathologic was different because you kind of played it straight through and without mm-hmm. any sort of like foreknowledge or everything. Right. I did several attempts, and every time it felt like things weren't going well, I'd start over. Like I actually, I got you. I actually wanted to conquer that game. That's fair. Um, when you die, you wake up in the theater from the intro, which is, like, in the town, and you meet Mark Immortal, who gives you a whole spiel about how this whole thing is a performance, and this is all an experiment to see if we can, like, transcend death, if we can defeat death, but not, like... He's very, like, persnickety with how you define the terms of what he's trying to do. It's like, no, 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 you're not trying to... Uh, like, escape death, you're trying to conquer death. It's like, well, what does that mean? I don't know, you tell me. That kind of thing. Did you play the Marble Nest yet? I did play the Marble okay, Nest, yeah. Okay, good, good. Yeah, which is uh, related to that theme. Uh, but in that spirit, every time you die, some of your, like, life meters will drop. Either your health meter or, like, your hunger or your exhaustion meter will get smaller, making the game more difficult, which is... Oh, boy. <laughs> it's kind of like a withered color, too. Like a withered kind of yellowish brown. At the yeah, it looks bar. like part of your, your health bar is like rotting away. Mm-hmm. It does not look good. It, it's a horrible reminder of your mistakes. Yeah. And it's just, it's so mean that like this game is hard. And then the penalty for losing at it is it gets harder. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a really great moment when you meet the fellow traveler in that theater because he's like, listen, the director's not here right now. I think what he's doing is pretty cruel to you. This is already hard enough without him putting this weight around your neck, isn't it? Let me help you out. Uh, like he's <laughs> – there's no – his deal makes sense uh, other than the fact that he won't explain it in simple terms to you. And it's like, okay, no, you are clearly uh, like lying to me in some way. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a bad deal. You don't want to take deals you don't know what the other person's getting out of it. Definitely not. Um, not for stranger anyway. Yeah. Uh, while you're on the train into town, you're having a lot of like dreams and visions. You have one where like a bull, a, like thirty foot tall bull, is blocking the train tracks. And you have to walk the rest of the way. I want to point out these... that that giant yeah. bull has fully modeled bull testicles. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't even, like I've I've passed by that bull enough times where you just have to look <laughs> at it and then it's like ah I see you're intact yeah. my friend. Uh, you get another one where like you have a vision of going to your dad's house and your quest log just keeps saying like who's in the back room because you just hear laughter and his house is very weird and like it snakes around a lot. We're getting to that back room is hard. Yeah, it it, it coils on itself. You're right. Yeah. And over that, you're getting, like, a voiceover of the letter he sent you about, like, how the town is, is in bad shape and needs your help. He's got, like, this super, like, bass voice, just super deep. Yeah, it's very low, and he's very ominous when he speaks. Oh, uh, that's a good approximation. 
Yeah, yeah, more or less. Um, <laughs> uh, you get, like, one vision where there's, like, a woman sick with fever in a house, and there's, like, a whole bunch of people in the house, but when you walk up to any of them, they turn into these creepy, like, gangly dudes in bodysuits and, like, weird white masks. Yeah, the tragedians. Yeah, you eventually learn those are the tragedians from the theater. Uh, and then, like, you leave the house and come back in, and they're all just replaced with coffins. It's like they're they. The way to describe them is they look like emaciated people wearing like an all black like bodysuit. Yeah, uh, it goes all the way, covers their head, and then they have like a uh, theater mask. Yeah, they look like if a shy guy from Mario wanted to be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> I gotta say it didn't uh, work for me though no listen I didn't say they succeeded I said they wanted to be <laughs> uh, and yeah it's just it's a lot of very surreal stuff very rapid fire that kind of disorients you and really sets the tone for the game you know it's very like it's it's not bleak but it's very like melancholy I don't know it's it's a very cool mood uh, and then you get to the town, and you get a little cutscene where you have to fight off some dudes, uh, and you kill them in self-defense. And then they proceed to spend the next three, yeah, three or four in-game days making you feel bad about it. Yeah, uh-huh, or something yeah. you didn't even have control over, really. <laughs> right, you don't have a choice not to kill them. <laughs> like it's done in a cutscene. Right. And uh, just in case you thought, like, things were going to get normal now that the game was starting proper, the first NPC you bump into is, like, a little boy with, like, a wolf head. Like, a like a clearly stitched together wolf head that he's wearing. And he's like, oh, you killed those dudes. That's fucked up. Take my leash. You can use it like a tourniquet. It's like a dog mask, right? That's the name of that gang? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, kind of, you're cut loose, and everyone starts to think you're a murderer, so you're reputation plummets yeah. and you find out real quick that if your reputation is low enough people will just attack you on site well, so that's fun. what's great about that too is that like basically the way it frames that is that you're going through town and um over the day rumors spread about what happened and then your reputation yeah. starts tanking er, like every like certain amount of time till basically every part of town is like if a if a town guard sees you and they're like dudes with like a leather cap uh they'll they'll chase you down and and try to punch you to death they sure will. Um, uh, you gotta, you yeah, get a you also freebie find that day, they, though. Go ahead. Oh, you get a freebie that day if you get knocked out, at least. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, you also find out that your father was murdered the night before, mm -hmm. and people are suspecting that, you know, hey, they heard you killed somebody, so they just kind of mash those rumors together and think that you're the murderer. Um, that or it was a monster made out of mud from the step. Yeah, the who, legs made of clay, the um, ID yeah, something. Yeah, what? What's that called? Yeah, I can't think of the name. But uh, it's it's a weird, like, witch hunt happening simultaneously. Like, you can trigger a cutscene where you just watch them burn a woman alive. And there's, like, women around town getting, like, harassed by people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you kind of start... This is where you start to learn a little bit about the town's culture. Um, the, like, history of the town... Maybe I miss some dialogue, but I don't think they ever make it super explicit how this town came to be. But you know that, you know, there are, there's sort of an indigenous culture here, the kin, mm -hmm. uh, that your dad was part of. And uh, then you also have the town, which seems more like, you know, industrial. 
Uh, they have converted the temple that the kin worshipped at into a slaughterhouse, which yeah, that's, that's fucked up. That's some um, symbolism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just these giant buildings called the Termitary where all of the workers that work in the slaughterhouse uh, are like kept. It's this like I can't most wait of the town. We get to the Termitary part of this. Oh my god, the, the Termitary way. stuff. Oh jeez. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, most of the town are just kind of these, like, two- or three-story buildings that kind of look like they're from, like, the 1800s, early 1900s, and then you have these two giant, just, cement cubes where all the workers are kept, and right now they're locked inside as a strike-breaking measure. Because, mm-hmm. uh, this town's in good shape, is what you learn real fast. So I, look, I looked up, uh, the name of that, uh, step creature, by the way. Oh, what is it? The Shabnaka deer. Yeah, that's it. Which is described, I'll read only part of description because there's some spoilers. Right. We'll get to the spoilers in due time. An yeah. evil feminine spirit said to, said to be made of clay and bone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it turns into a thing where I guess you can tell that its legs look bony, according to legend. So everyone is just looking at, like, oh, your legs look weird. Gonna burn ya. Uh, okay. Well, luckily, they only seem to have burned one person. Just one person. It does seem like, yeah. It does seem like only one person got burned. Um, they kind of instantly regretted it. Yeah. This is kind of where this game, like, really... You get into what this game is, and it's where it kind of first started to get its hooks really into me. Because it is just... Everyone in this town hates you. I'm, like, limping around. I've lost most of my health already. My hunger is climbing. I'm so hungry. This kid won't attack me. I don't know. I've got some pocket lint. Will you trade that for this greasy cheese ball you've got so I don't starve to death? That'd be swell, kid. Do you want to talk it's... about the town rules? Yeah, sure. So there, the town has some like taboos. You simply just don't break. Yeah. Like, for example, don't <laughs> dig into the ground. You don't not dig into the ground yeah. at all. Nope. Nothing. The town, like, got plumbing in the past couple of years, and apparently that, like, was a huge controversy. Yeah. Um, uh, rule number two, uh, no cutting. No cutting objects. Yeah, you're not allowed to cut anything. Uh, menku, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, are, like, you're supposed to do the hard, like, noise for it. Oh, like a menku? God, God forbid. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Give those it more are... That's it's, it's hard. Yeah. The, yeah, those are folks who have, like, it, it's a word that means a combination of surgeon and butcher, and they are the only people who are allowed to cut flesh. Um, and as I heard it described, I'm like, I have, like, the wiki literally open on the other screen now to help me. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, the, the menku, those who know the lines, are a special case to are allowed open bodies. Yeah. While, they're men, while the menku... Yeah are notable in-game for their ability to dissect human bodies. Their main purpose seems to be the dissection of bulls. Yes. Uh, and yeah, the idea of, like, lines is an idea that you'll you'll hear a lot throughout this game. And, you know, it's a, being a menku is about following lines and, you know, tracing them both, like, in the idea, in the sense that, like, you're following your path, but also cutting along the lines, that kind of thing. So you have, like, this, like, I want to say thought cabinet, but that's a different game. You have this uh, kind of journal screen where there's like a bunch of like bubbles on it attached by lines. 
yeah kind of let you know that like hey here's the thing you're working on and it'll actually give like uh artemis thoughts when you hover over them and there and you'll see them connected sometimes like the blank spots that are like okay there's something that's going to happen something needs to happen here something that fits into this right yeah if you've played outer wilds it's sort of a similar system to that one i haven't played outer wilds yet god yeah it's a great game i know i'm I'm waiting for it go on the platform i'm using that's fair that's fair um but uh yeah there's also a big emphasis on bartering in the town oh you yes. learn it, yeah a few days in that you're supposed to trade with people and that like builds rapport with them um and they tell you that like if you tr- if you like trade at a loss that will make people like you more um which kind of ties into the whole reputation system that's one of the ways you can raise reputation uh I I can't help but notice no one ever was all that interested in raising their <laughs> reputation with me. I no one ever offered to trade with me at a loss. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Artemy. Never loved. Yeah. Um the stuff with the town rules is something where like it makes the the history of the town a little unclear to me because it seems like it's not as cut and dry as like this city got colonized because all of the town customs are like derived from customs that the kin have you know what i mean well there's a concept they bring up a couple times uh, throughout the game uh the chimera you know the combination of two different creatures and that's kind of what the yeah. town is it's a combination of step culture that people were here first and then um i mean i want to say russians but yeah i mean I-, I think that's fair i mean this this game was developed by a russian studio it- they talk about the step a lot like I-, I think it's reasonable to assume this is somewhere in russia yeah certainly um, yeah. And apparently the language just that people use is like a combination of a bunch of different stuff. I'm like, huh. see, there's uh, built around real, real world languages, including Russian and German, Mongolic and Turkic languages. So just a real okay. mix of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I, I wonder, too, because like, again, like the Canterbury, obviously, like an indigenous population here. And it's I, I wonder how that... Like what connotations that has from like a a Russian writer's or, or audience's perspective versus like as an American, I have certain ideas about like what that means, you know, culturally that these are indigenous people, but like obviously those would be different people that they are like drawing from if they're basing it on like a people. Uh, maybe it's totally fictional, or maybe it's, I don't know, like, to what extent they're drawing inspiration yeah, from actual We don't know what level Russia. of grossness this is, really. That's fair, yeah, yeah. Um, and the important thing about your character, too, like Artemy uh, Burak, is that, like, he's, his dad was of the step culture, and his mom wasn't. Right, yeah, you're mixed race. Yeah, uh, so he is living between his two worlds, and I really, I'm really not sure how well they pull that off. Like, I found it very compelling, but yeah yeah i mean i'm it's, it's, i'm white and living in america so exactly yeah we're, we're white and we're not a part of the culture that this is kind of drawing from we don't necessarily yeah I, I don't know if there is some russian blog post somewhere talking about like how pathologic is fucked up I've, i i don't know the thing that comes to mind though is like it's concerning is how mixed the languages seem to be like they maybe they're trying to do like an uber like all oh, step culture kind of like what happens yeah. with a lot of uh indigenous american cultures they go get right, mishmashed yeah. in like popular media like i hope that's not the case because that would that would probably be the worst thing about the game yeah definitely 
And, um, yeah, again, it, like, I wonder, too, is it a case where, like, the Canes and the, the Olgomskis came here and kind of colonized it? Or were, are they, like, an offshoot from the kin that, like, just kind of, like, stepped away from some of their traditions and stuff? I don't, I don't know. They don't go into the historical context yeah, the here most very much. They say is that the town was founded by the three ruling families: the Canes, the Olgimskis, and the Subarovs, and each one had right. a different role in governing this town. Yeah, it's what the Canes are like—the head of the town. The Olgimskis are like the the what the gut or the the torso, the, the, and then that's the, how uh, Big Vlad, the current like pick patriarch of the Elkimskis calls it like the gut like they're they're the people yeah. who do, who own the meat industry in town they give it right they feed the town they make the town a lot of money yeah the, the Elkimskis are basically the the economic power in the town they own all the industry and if you work you probably work for fat vlad um and then you have the the Subarovs who are like the like the law enforcement the cops yeah, Subrovs, yeah. Um they they and their role is generally pretty light for the most part unless shit starts happening and boy howdy, does shit start happening. Yeah, you kind of get the sense that, you know, because things are kind of getting chaotic even before you show up, the Subrovs are using this as a power grab. They're deputizing a whole bunch of men in the town. Yeah, like uh, those dudes with the caps weren't there like when you were a kid. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or well, your um, character anyway. Right. And then the Canes are like, they're called judges, but they're also, they're just sort of like the philosophers of the town, and they come up with a lot of ideas about how the town should be developed well, they're and my formed. Favorite, actually, because they're also the architects of the town. Like, all these buildings, yeah. like you're mentioning, like, you know, pretty quickly, if you enter any of these buildings, you realize that there's like layouts that keep repeating themselves, and how the streets yeah. don't make sense. Like there's a couple of main thoroughfares, but even those main thoroughfares have some weird like top like turns here and there. Like this town's not easy to navigate around, and this is all intentional from that family. Yeah, yeah. You eventually meet. I am going to ruin her name. Uh, Yulia. Oh god, her last name has so many syllables in it. it has an L at the front. <laughs> I know you're talking about. Hold on. Yeah, she's a mathematician that the Canes hired to uh, design the street layout of the town. Oh, geez. and she explains like. Their idea was that, okay, the whole town is one big living thing, and we want the streets to work less like streets and more like the blood vessels of an organism. Okay, let, uh, let me try with, this name here. Yulia okay, yeah, go for it. Better than I could do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm reading it, so it helps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yet, kind of, I, I think the Canes are super interesting. I also kind of hate them. I kind of hate all three of oh, the families. They're, they're all terrible. Yeah. Uh, the Canes just have a lot of, like, high-minded ideas, and they don't seem to care that much about, like, people. Like, they're trying They care to... about, like, capital P people, but not, like, individual people. They had this whole idea that they're trying to make people, that no one's really a person. It was, like, yeah. one take on it I've heard, or, like, you know, cutting strings is another theme that comes up a couple times. The yeah. idea that, like, everyone here isn't a real person. They don't have a will. Right. Which ties into some of the theater stuff. Uh, because Mark Immortal seems to kind of agree with that view. He he kind of implies this whole town is not a real town. It's a setting. And you're an actor playing a role in it. 
Um, and of course, there's like an, a meta element to that where like, yeah, it's a video game. And yes, this is a fictional town with fictional people. Um, did you notice later, the further you get into the game, the more people will be like running around a lot and then suddenly standing still? Yeah, I've noticed that. I thought that was more of like an AI issue. See, I thought that too. And then the more it kept happening, I thought, wait a second, is that an AI bug? Or is it the like fictional reality of this is starting to fall apart and the actors are like not hitting their marks fast enough and they're running to get into place as I'm rounding a corner? That's an interesting thought because that's the thing about Pathologic 2. That's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, later in the game, like, things get very hectic. Well, I mean, we'll get to that, but there's a lot of reasons yeah. why people might be running, and that's why I always kind of, like, brush it off. Yeah, that's fair. It might just be me, you know, trying to ascribe meaning to something that, like, listen, this game is not made on a gigantic budget, and there are certain th- consequences of that, and maybe that's just one of them. But I don't know. I, I like the idea that that was actually a hat tip to like, no, these are actors. Just because I noticed it got more and more common the later into the game you get. I, I'm going to um, be thinking about this yeah. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, something kind of came yeah, to mind just now, too. So you, I would say you actually played a harder version of Pathologic 2, not because you weren't spoiled on it. But there was one key thing they added in a semi-recent patch. They added oh, what's that? headshots to the game, which suddenly turned oh, wow. the revolver from a piece of junk that is that is not worth the trouble repairing and getting bullets for into something that I carried everywhere. That's super interesting, uh, both in that they did that and the fact that you used guns in this game because I never had a gun for the entire run of the game. It, it was kind of funny because it, it turned from me refusing to use the gun to the end of the game where people came at me with a knife. And I'm just like, blap. And then two more heard me yeah. came around the corner. And I just blapped them both. And I'm just like, Artemy is out of care. Yeah. Uh, you meet a guy on day one who says like, hey, I'll sell you a gun for $3,000, whatever the currency is. I don't remember. Um, but I'll only have it for a couple days. And at first I was like, ah, I don't know if I want one. Also, that's really expensive, and food is kind of hard to come by. I don't know if I want to spend that much money on this. Uh, to, like, a day later in the game, I'm like, oh, God, why didn't I buy that gun? I wish I had that gun so bad. You know what's the really important deal, though, on that day? Huh. That talking bull. That talking bull, huh? Oh, yeah. I I don't know if I saw all the dialogue associated with that talking bull, so why don't you talk about this part? Okay, so there's a certain part of town, like, on the first day or two i would say there's a stuntman with a bull next to him and he says hey you i want you to buy my bull and it starts explaining to you that this bull talks except he's only going to talk on the worst day of your life yeah and you and it's like a cheap like he's trying to sell for like i don't know 500 but he talks himself down to like 200 or 300 or something like that and you're like i don't even have a place to keep it well when you get a place i'll bring it there which he you know he keeps true to his word but yeah, yeah. You, you get a bull. It just hangs out in front of your house. Yeah, and it just hangs out there, and you can talk to it, and it won't say anything because it's an animal, but you can just kind of have conversations with it. Did you, that did I you name your bull? Oh, gosh. If I did, I don't remember what I named it. Because all, all the time, I'm I like the previous times I got to that part, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to name you. That's rude. You, you'll tell me your name when you can talk. 
Uh-huh. And then this time I'm like, you know, I'm gonna call you like Dergufa or something, the silent. And mm-hmm. then and then the bull's name changed to that whenever I talked to it. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then eventually near the end of the game, uh, there's someone else outside your door, and the bull's not there, and you can ask them where it is. They go, oh, it said something, and then ran off into the step. Yeah, it's like wait, it talked. Oh no, a lot of, a lot of bulls fucked off into the step during that part of the game. Yeah. And I didn't try to, like, chase it down to see if, like, you could find it and talk to it or anything. I just kind of let it go. Yeah, it it comes back. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's a good bull. But, yeah, so it is a good bull. So the first, like, two days in the game are kind of just getting acquainted with the town, learning your way around the game mechanics. Uh... At midnight every night, you can go to the theater and watch, like, a stage play about what's happening in the town. Yeah, they give you, like, some, like... It's weird, because this is, like, the stage portion of the game. There's, like, scenes that, like, actually sometimes involve your character that you're playing as, and conversations that you've never actually had, but feel still canon to the story. Yeah. There's also a strategic point of uh, watching the stage plays, because that tells you where the dead item shop is, which is, like, a valuable source of a lot of important things. Yeah, so you can collect dead items, which are basically things that are used or discarded, like bloody bandages or, like, broken medicine bottles or scrap names. Yeah. Which are, when someone's decided they don't need their name anymore, I guess they just write it down and throw the paper away. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't think they really elaborate on it more than that, but you can go to this dead item shop that's run by the fellow traveler, mm-hmm. uh, the possible devil, uh, who will trade it, trade you that normally useless stuff for pretty good items. And so it's worth collecting a bunch of trash and filling your pockets with all that delicious trash and then trading it for, like, freaking, like, food rations literal food rations and big hunks of meat and um oh dear schmouters schmouters so um on day three the plague starts to break out in the game uh the 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 titular pathologen (laughs) uh it strikes districts sort of at random in the first couple days it sort of sweeps the town east to west but then it gets more erratic as time goes on Mm -hmm. uh a few districts get infected each day and when a district is infected walking around in it hurts your immunity meter uh if your immunity meter empties out and you are exposed to infection you will become infected you'll get the plague and that's fun that's just a grand old time uh reload when that happened i refuse I, oh, so do you not know what stories. the plague does? Because <laughs> the plague will talk to you. Oh, yeah. It hangs out. It it chats. I caught it one uh, time during a particular story moment, but that's like yeah. a, that, that's a deal you have to make. Yeah, and the way that works is that if you leave it unchecked, the infection meter will slowly grow. Uh, and if you like expose yourself to things that would hurt your immunity, that also makes it grow. And the m- more full the meter is, the more damage it does to you over time. Uh, so you have to take medicine to reduce that meter, but nothing can fully cure it, and the medicine also hurts your health bar. Mm-hmm. So it's this really awful like quicksand system where just the more you struggle with it, the worse off you get until it eventually gets you. I'm glad I uh, or you I find a cure. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there are just like screaming ghosts made out of plague that like rush down the streets like at clouds you. Clouds of ash would be a good way to describe them. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are, like, infected people just wrapped up in gross bandages that will, like, rush you and, like, try to get your help, but they touch you when they do that, Rushing's so that's no good. a strong word for it. More like lurch. They, yeah. They, they stagger towards you as best they can, but they do make a beeline for you in a way that is very concerning, especially when you're in confined spaces with them. Yeah, so... Then it kind of changes looting in the town too, because so the rule is, if you loot houses in a healthy district that belong to people, it makes the district hate you. And if you if yes. the district doesn't like you, you can't go to shops. People won't trade a few. Like people on the streets won't trade a few. Shops won't trade with you. It's actually a really crippling situation. It it's horrible not being liked. And if you're hated, yeah. the, you'll even get punched by the town guard. Right. So, uh, but if in an infected mm. district, they decide, okay, this place is uh, done for. It's everyone for themselves. Loot all you want. But the downside is everything's infected. So touching the doorknobs and closet doors and stuff. Well, if they're dirty, will, yeah, they're dirty and they'll hurt your immunity. Yeah, like you, you get to a point where you like you're ready to actually start looting plague districts. Like it was a valuable strategy actually going in like houses, hitting the first like floor rooms. And if I see a bandaged person, just leave the house. Nope. Don't want to, yeah, don't want to yeah. deal with this. And you know, when you're looting at stuff, you'll like look at like a chest of drawers and you have to click in every individual drawer, hold the button down to open it. And then when the town's plague, some of those drawers will actually have visible grime on them. And you yeah. can still open them, and they still might have goodies inside, but it's going to reduce your infection meter more. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you get sufficiently infected, the plague will start talking to you in your head. It'll just give you a lot of dialogue about how, like, you know, it's it's death incarnate, and it's older than humanity, and, like, dying is just a natural part of life, and you should just let it in and let it kill you. And just a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, it's upsetting. <laughs> um, so then a day after a district is infected, it becomes, like, burnt out. Uh, there's no infection anymore, but the people haven't returned, and it's full of looters. Welcome to Knife That town. are just, like, yeah. There's, like, wandering around the streets, and if they see you, they will kill you. So I have a story and then a question to ask you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So my most traumatic death in Pathologic 2 so far was me going, hmm, this district is Knife Town today. Maybe I can creep into the first floor of a building and go loot a couple drawers real quick, get some stuff in my pockets, and duck out. Boom. Easy, yeah. right? Uh -huh. I go in. There's a dude there. Comes at me with a knife. I kill him with a lockpick. By the way, lock, don't don't dismiss lockpicks. They're a deadly weapon. Yeah, they're like shivs. Yeah, it's pretty gross. And if they break it, I think they do extra damage on the breaking mm -hmm. hit. At least that's how it was in the original Pathologic, apparently. Um, yeah. So I get that guy going, cool, place is clear. Don't see anyone else coming at me. I start looting some drawers. And all of a sudden, I go out in the hallway. Two doors open up and two dudes of knives come at me and stab me to death in a corner of a room where I couldn't escape. Oh, jeez. It was horrible yeah that's no good so my question to you is do you have a particularly traumatic death uh i'm trying to think the one that really sticks out in my head is uh there's a quest a few days in you have an old friend in the town who was like an apprentice doctor under your dad uh, and he kind of resents you for leaving town to go to fancy pants medical school um 
And he is doing something kind of shady in a shed in the warehouse district every night. Uh, the kin are furious with whatever it is he's doing. And uh, they kind of want to kill him. And I, they won't explain to me exactly what he's doing. He won't explain to me what he's doing. But he's promising me that it is in service of curing the plague. And then if I just give him like, oh, just one more day, I'll tell you everything. I promise. And then I come back and it's oh, just one more day. Really? I, please. And it got to a point where there were four dudes outside his house. It was four worms. Because there's also just worm men. Yeah. There's just worm men. It's fine. The normal. No one, uh, no one really reacts to them. They're just part of life here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they are uh, very stubborn and insistent that he has done something unspeakable. And uh, they need to kill him. And about the only compromise they'll have is that if you want to kill him, they'll let you. And I'm like, listen, I might kill him once I learn what he's doing. But I I want to hear the whole story first. Uh, if he's like actually making progress on a cure, I don't want to compromise that. I'm I'm concerned that he's made you this angry, but no one will explain anything to me. So I don't feel comfortable like stepping in like that and they did not like that and they decided they were going to kill me also because i was helping him yeah worms are uh, no joke they hit really hard they got big they hit arms. really hard and uh i got caught in a loop so this was not a single traumatic death this was a situation where i was stuck with they want i i have to kill them to not have him die before morning uh and there's four of them, and I have – I've already said I never had a gun this whole game. Uh, I didn't have many weapons, and weapons break pretty fast. So it was just, well, I guess I'm punching these dudes to death, and oh, no. they punch better than me. <laughs> so I got caught in a loop where I kept dying over and over again and kept going back to the theater, kept meeting Mark Immortal, who would give me a little spiel about death. At some point, he eventually, like – got fed up with me. It was like, you're not even trying to not die anymore. You think that, like, because this happens, you're, like, like, this is how you're beating death, and that's bullshit. You're, like, not taking this seriously. Uh, so if you're not going to take this seriously, then it's going to become less real to you. A lot of and characters you'll see what that means. just yell at you a lot, by the way. <laughs> Everyone's so mad at you all the time. They're, they're really mean. <laughs> um... And yeah, I did eventually manage to beat them, but I bottomed out all of my bars. I have I had to play the rest of the game at half health. Uh, and hours later, I learned what he meant about the world being less real, because I was doing an autopsy on someone who died of the plague, and I'm cutting open their, their like stomach because I can use their liver in making medicine. But there's no liver, there's just stuffing. Oh, and it is maybe the most scared a game has made me. <laughs> oh, dear. That Yeah, that would be a moment of, ah, uh, there's a couple in the game I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping that the giant wad of stuffing would at least count as a dead item and maybe an expensive one. But not even that guy wants anything to do with it. No, fuck that shit. Yeah, cursed. yeah. Uh, yeah, the world became less real because I, I wasn't treating it real enough. So... I've done the worms both ways. I've done it with melee weapons before the gun patch, and I did it after the gun patch. And let me tell you, the gun makes that part a lot easier. 
Yeah, I bet I would get the gun if I replayed this game. I kept stockpiling <laughs> bullets the whole game. I ended up a game with like 15 bullets in my pocket, and that's with me actively shooting people as I needed to. Yeah. I picked up a lot of bullets, but just because there's people that'll trade you stuff for bullets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, bullets are a valuable trade item. So yeah. the, the bad grief right next to that whole event, he's a valuable source of lockpicks. And I that's, that's what I did yeah. the first time. We just buy a buttload of lockpicks and went through all those. Yeah, yeah. But then I learned how to box a worm eventually. Yeah, I, I've learned the hard way how to box a worm. <laughs> just walk backwards and wait for him to swing and then punch and then walk backwards again. Yeah, exactly. You do a power punch yeah. he'll, and then hope you're... Hold a block, you'll back up, and then you step in, uppercut, step in, uppercut. It's like a really cheap, like, fighting move you're using on a sibling, and they're getting yeah. really frustrated because they can't get around it. Yeah, which that did come in handy later when I had to go into the uh, the temple <laughs> late in the game. Oh, the abattoir. The abattoir. We'll get to the abattoir. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's... Uh, you're mi- Alongside all of this, you're trying to solve your father's murder... Uh, on like morning of day two before the plague even hits, you have to go to his funeral and there's a problem because they keep burying him and the ground keeps spitting him back up. Yep, the earth rejects him. <sighs> yeah, which is just real cool. And uh, people are talking about how they might have to cremate him and there's people that are like super insistent we can't do that because then his body can't be returned to the earth where it belongs. They just built a cairn in the end. Yeah, I-, I thought they buried him in the end because you take on his... Uh, He's like obligations. Is that what it was? You know, I, there's some things I did miss. There's a lot that, going that's her, on. Yeah. Yeah. You can go to like his funeral service and agree to take mm-hmm. on like his earthly obligations. Oh, I did that part. I just didn't realize it actually yeah. sunk him into the earth in the end. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because now he doesn't have like unfinished business. So the earth will accept his body. Ah. Yeah. Um, and what it. Yeah. So you agree to basically become the town's doctor and you meet uh, Ospity around this time. Who is a member of the kin. She talks like this. She talks very mysteriously. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I I think there's some dialogue at some point that implies that she is the... um, I've already forgotten the... the, Shabnaka, dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the open interpretation, too, because I wasn't convinced she was. She insisted she wasn't, but then... You know, there's like little bits and pieces that like and that suggest that maybe she isn't human necessarily. Yeah, the thing that kind of cemented it for me was she died of the plague in my file, so that seems to imply that she was human. Yeah, true. She can get plagued. Um, do you want to talk a bit about uh? I mean, so the game gives you objectives around town. Like, you don't have to follow through on them is the thing. You can just, like, hole up right. somewhere if you really wanted to. In fact, several NPCs suggest you do that very thing. Yeah. And you, um, you know, so it gets you in a habit of doing chores, and it moves the story along. You have a bunch of little, like, lines you're following, as is the theme of the game. And yeah. the plague hits. And when the plague is in a district that day, uh, the NPCs, the important NPCs that you can talk to who have, like, big dialogue, they have a right. chance of getting infected. And you can do uh, prophylaxis, I like that word, and give yeah. them some good good meds to make it less likely that they'll get the plague. And then right. when the day ends, the game literally rolls a dice. There's a little meter, it go, this arrow goes up and down on, and um, there's two colored lines. There's a line of they're not infected, and then there's a line of they're infected. Yeah, 
And uh, I, I don't know how that dice rolling mechanic works, because I suspect that there are some important characters that are less likely to die of plague than others. I think the children have a better chance of not catching the plague, which is supported yeah. by the in-game lore. Um, right. Like, I would assume Fat Vlad probably can't die or is unlikely to die of the plague just because he plays so much into the story in the late game. Um, it takes a bit for a plague to get his part of town, too, but uh, you can yeah, get really yeah. unlucky. I think the game honestly does, like, really fair rolls and tells you exactly it wouldn't surprise your, your me. chances. And once yeah. someone's infected with a plague, then you have to go through the whole diagnosis game. So, yes, herbs are uh, kind of a part of part of uh, the setting. It's September, as you get reminded numerous times. It's herb season. Yeah, twire's in bloom. Yep, twire. It's a type of uh, medicinal herb, just an herb. And your father taught you how to brew medicine out of these. Yeah. And you use this medicine, if someone's infected, to diagnose them. And there's three different types of, like, you know, potential uh, problems they have. And you have to use the different colored uh, potions you've made to go figure out which problem they have. And then you give them the right color of antibiotic to give them the best chance of not dying of plague. Right. Which is another but dice. none of these are cures. They are just mm-hmm. treatments. Uh, because a cure for the plague is kind of the thing that you're hunting for the entire game. Um. You're kind of competing with another doctor, uh, Daniil Dankowski. Ah, uh, yes, who the bachelor. was one of the other playable characters in the original Pathologic, and he is trying to develop a vaccine for it, because he's like, listen, we don't have... We're in, like, the Russian backwater. We have no real lab equipment. We can't make a cure. We just don't have the resources. Maybe we can make a vaccine to reduce the damages. Dankowski's a real kind of cowboy-like figure, too. Like, he threatens to shoot you a couple times in the game. And he's known for walking around for a revolver and just... Wow, really? I don't think I got any of that dialogue where he threatened to shoot me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, there's a scene later when you first get access to your father's house and you come out uh-huh. where he says, like, you know, I'm going to go in there and I'd like you to give me permission. But if you don't give me permission, then I have other means and, and, and just kind of like pass his gun or whatever. Huh. I don't think I got that scene. That's interesting. You know, you need to, he, he says, I have this here and indicating his gun. Right, right. And um, that's like a thing in Ritual Pathologic as well, that Dankowski gets, just gets a gun at the beginning of, the, of that game. Yeah. Uh, Dankowski is a thanatologist. He's a uh, student of death. Uh, his life's work has been to create a cure for death. Understandably, he hasn't had much success in that regard. Yeah, in fact, uh, he got kind of censored by the capital. Yeah, on account of he hasn't really produced any results on his uh, quackish ideas. Uh, He's kind of come to this town as a last resort to maybe learn some things. Um, But he has a very, like, sneering, condescending attitude, especially towards all of the folk medicine that forms a lot of the basis of how uh, Brock treats people. Uh, Yeah, he's he's an interesting character. He's not super central in this version. Um... He's the playable character in The Marble Nest, which is like a DLC campaign that's only a couple hours long. And, you know, if and when they manage to make another episode of this, he will be the star of that, probably. I assume they'll save the Changeling for last, right? Uh, yeah, because that's how it was, apparently, in the original Pathologic. They made you play the other two characters first, the Bachelor and the Horror Specs, which the yeah. Bachelor refers to Dankowski. The Horror Specs refers to uh, Artemy Burak. Um right. And Ahara Specs, according to quick research, it, you know, done days ago, um, 
right. it's kind of like an old like Roman thing where they like divine, you know, your fortune by spilling guts in the ground and reading off how the guts spill. Oh, sure. Okay, that makes sense. Which is pretty appropriate for uh, Artemy, being that he is a uh, Minku, you know, a butcher yeah. and a surgeon. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about, like, because we're on the topic of, like, herbs and cures and stuff. Day five or six in this game was really, like, cool to me. I had people, like, characters that I cared about a lot had gotten infected, and I really didn't have any medicine. It's the day when it's, like, raining. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see a bunch of the kin, and they are preparing to do, like, a bull slaughtering ceremony that night. And uh, they're, like, walking a bull through town with uh, a woman riding it. And they're explaining that, like, you know, this is the last time this bull's feet will touch the, the ground of the town. And now we're going to go slaughter it. Uh, but we need a meku to do it. And uh, can you help us? I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. But also, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. And I need herbs. And everything is kind of falling apart. I'm scared I might be getting into, like, an unwinnable state on this save file. So, yes, but God, I need to go do other things. Uh, I spent the whole day, like, looking through backyards and courtyards and stuff to find herbs. I found, like, three, and they weren't. They were, like, all the same kind, so I couldn't combine them to make medicine. Or when I... Go ahead. uh, uh, Did you... uh, I have to ask, did you eventually start searching the step for herbs? Well, so that's where this is going. Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) So I I spent this entire day, and just, like, it's a total bust. Like, I'm not really advancing the story very much this day. Uh, I'm, like, slowly dying because my hunger meter is maxed out, and I have no money. Um, And uh, I'm, like chugging morphine to keep my health high because otherwise I'm going to die. I'm like, all right, I'm also maxed out on exhaustion. I'm going to take a quick nap and go out and do that bull butchering ceremony. Maybe they'll let me have some of the meat. God, I hope they let me have some of the meat. Uh, I go out there and it's, I, I do the whole ceremony. They give you two full steaks, which are like some of the most uh, like hunger satisfying food in the it game. It is the most actually. Sixty five percent of your hunger meter. Oh, does it beat the the military rations? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Military rations are like number three behind the fresh bread. Okay, okay. Um, and then yeah, they give you two of them, and I'm just like, oh god, yes. And uh, the music starts to like swell, and it's the same instrumentation as the title theme, but it's not. The title theme is like really creepy. And this feels more, like, triumphant. And the sun is setting, and I just see fireflies just erupt everywhere in the steppe. Then, like, fireflies are the signal that there's herbs around. And there's just more herbs than I can carry all of a sudden. And it was just this really incredible moment of, like, Artemy spent all day in the town trying to, like, do this by himself. And then he goes and does this thing with uh, the kin... And, like, reconnects with his culture and has this moment where, like, all of his problems are just solved in that moment. And it was really cool. Yeah, that line, things really lined up for you for that moment because, like, yeah. I was aware based on, like, watching someone else stumble through the game. Like, go to, at nighttime, go to the step on day two and onward. And herbs will show up with the sparkles and you can go and snatch them. Especially the swevery, which makes a little, like, rattling noise. Yeah, yeah. Uh... So one of the things your dad tasks you with, other than just becoming the town's doctor, is he gives you a list of eight names. 
and he says it, it is your job to save these eight people. And seven of them are children throughout the town. When you get this list, you've met a lot of them already. You've got like Notkin, the leader of the the kid gang. Uh, you got like the son. What's that? One of the oh yeah, gangs. one of the gangs. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have like the the son of the Canes and the daughter of the Olgimskis. Uh, you have like Murky, who's like this orphan kid. I love Murky. I love Murky. There's like I kind of love all these kids. I uh, yeah, they're a couple of them were definitely my favorites, but like Murky was my yeah. kid. If anyone fuck with uh, Murky, st- I fuck with him right back. Yeah, Sticky, who was just like a kid who hung out around your dad's lab a lot and just wanted to learn how to be a doctor, and now he's like pestering you he's, and kind of sometimes kind of thinks he knows more about medicine than, he, than you do it's but he's a good he's kid. Like kind of like a stray cat who just moved in yeah. to your house and but he's my perfect son yeah no sticky's delightful i love him um the, the two are like i like them just fine but they're not my precious babies are like the uh capella and uh con the two that are like the the rich kids. I'm like Capella's got a shit straight though. She does. Yeah, I I, I don't have any like uh, dislike of them. They're just like murky and sticky. I will protect with my life. You two, like I like you just fine. It's a good you, time nice. to mention that the kids in this town are absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Uh-huh. They, in what way? Well, well, like let's point out some things. Um, they definitely don't talk like children, which is creepy. Right? They tend to have some really good insights. Yes. And like. That just I can't think of any particular examples of things they say. You have to like play, which I do recommend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's something up to kids in this town and uh wow, we haven't even talked about the uh the the giant uh geometrically impossible tower that looms over everything. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah, we haven't touched fun, on that fun one. Fun fact yet. about oh. that building, the kids have formed their own government there and adults aren't allowed in. Yeah, uh so the Canes in their weird, like, philosophical architecture stuff have commissioned these architects to build a building called the Polyhedron, which is this giant tower that is, like, bent at weird angles. It's not anchored to the ground in a way that makes much sense. It has a staircase uh, kind of that's as the only thing attaching it to the earth. Yeah, it's taller than, like, everything else in the town by a lot. Lit up. Yeah, and it, it's lit up at all. You can kind of see it from anywhere. And the kids love it. They Most of the children in the town have abandoned their families to go live inside the polyhedron. Parents are terrified of being too mean to their kids because their kid will just leave them and go to the polyhedron. Yeah, where they all become wolf furries and live in perfect harmony. Well, And, and they describe the tower as where like, illusion becomes real. Like, light becomes stuff. Like, the kids, like aren't just in this weird, like, empty, like, tower. Like, things happen there that you never really get to see because you're an adult. Yeah, they, late, late, late in the game, they will let you climb the polyhedron, but you can only see the outside of it. There's no clear, even, pathway into it. Uh, You don't see any of the kids there. But as you get higher and higher, like, the town vanishes underneath of you, and you're just in, like... These weird clouds crackling with golden energy. It's, like you're it's looking weird. at constellations, but but the, yeah, but the lines yeah. are drawn out. And I actually heard that. Like, did you notice all the, like the graffiti on the uh, you know path up the polyhedron? Yeah, it's like the blueprints mm-hmm. of the pa- uh, the polyhedron. Yeah, right? I didn't catch yeah. that until H Bomber guy's video. But yeah, like this thing, this thing is crazy. And I have this nice moment. Like, 
even being as spoiled as I was, of like going looking around and going, okay, like all my chores are done for the day. I don't have anything else on my radar. Like the the two little like points of interest I have I know are just like uh, stashes I can raid, which are a whole mechanic of the game I don't think we have time to get into. And yeah. so I climbed the tower, and there's no point to climbing the tower other than for your own self-edification. It was like a nice like hour and a half, two hours of like in-game time of me climbing the tower and going, yep, this is a crazy place, and then walking all the way back down. It yeah. was just this yeah, nice you- little break I had before the like last stretch of the game began. Yeah, and I like that you, like, a thought pops up on your thought board that's just like, oh, the world's truly an amazing place when you climb up there, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, like, the world's beautiful or something like that. Yeah, you just get this moment of peace. Uh, speaking of things that you can do that don't have any real point, we gotta talk about train summoning. <gasps> oh, yes, the train. So, another thing happening in this town is that no trains have shown up for weeks, which begs the question of how you got there, but don't worry about it. You can keep insisting, but I just got here by train. Yeah, yeah. Ignore you. Uh, yeah. Um, so all the supplies are, like, running low in the town, and that ties into the survival mechanics and that, like, food gets more and more expensive every day because people are starting to hoard it. Um, but you can go to the train station in the evening, and kids are just hanging out there, and they're doing something called train summoning, which is you give a name to a train. It has to be an adjective. And you think it as hard as you can. You even say it out loud if you want to. And it's supposed to make a train with that name appear. And they tell you, if you really want it to work, you need to go way out here uh, to this, like, abandoned dead-end part of the track and try it there. And uh, in, like, their dialogue with you, you get to name your train. I think I named mine, like, Inevitable or something I like that. Iron. Yeah. Uh, and you go out there and... You stand where they told you to stand, and nothing happens. And I am 95% sure you just have to wait a long time. Yeah. But but when I was standing there, I was like, wait a second. This is a weird game. What if they did something real weird for as an Easter egg? And I plugged my microphone in, and I said the name of the train into the mic, and then I immediately started hearing train noises. I had to wait a bit because I said because I you know I was streaming it so I always have my mic right, yeah, on yeah. and um, yeah I just waited waited because I knew because I read an article where someone was gushing about it I'm like oh uh-huh. this is an actual thing you can do and I'm waiting waiting looking at, like looking at the clock looking at my like all my meters looking at the town going wow I could be doing literally anything else right now yeah I have so many things to do help me I'm dying yeah. Uh, but yeah, then you start hear, hearing a train approaching, and it gets louder and louder, and you hear the whistle. The track shaking. And you just keep waiting for it to like break through the fog, and it just never does. You hear it screech to a stop, and then the final hiss of steam, and then that's it. Uh, yeah, and it's... Uh, this game's good, is the thing. <laughs> it, they're not afraid to commit to that weird shit and give you things just to do that have like no bearing in the rest of the plot and it's those those are like really important moments though like uh, you you need a break every now and then in that game right definitely because it's very stressful they draw they draw you out so something that kind of came up too because did you ever end up making the panacea yes i did yeah Uh, which day did you make it on uh, I want to say seven or eight, oh, somewhere around you, there. You went ahead and you did all the... Okay, yeah, you did the whole thing. 
the whole shebang. I, I I had a whole thing where I had like a dream of the termitary where I met the the girl in there. Yeah. I don't remember her name, and she told me to like, go to the ancestral home of the king, Taichi, which is like the way. Ta- yes, okay, yeah. the mother superior, the mother superior. Um, and she tells you, yeah, go to the ancestral home of the can, and you can find what you need to make the panacea. Uh, and I went down there. It's it's a long walk, uh, and it's just these a bunch of like huts, but there's a weird crack in the ground that is bubbling up blood, and you can collect it. And it's not clear what this blood is, but you take it home, and it makes some kind of medicine. At this point, I was infected with the plague. And part of me was saying, well, really, I don't know what this medicine is. From a role-playing perspective, it only makes sense. I should test it on myself before testing it on someone else. In reality, I just didn't want to deal with the infection anymore. <laughs> uh, and I drank it. And, uh, yeah, I, I cured myself. But then the problem comes, like, oh, well, that dried up. I don't know where to get more of that stuff. That's a problem. Oh, yeah, it's, it's very stressful. Luckily... If you have some forewarning, you you might have been st- uh, stocking up on schmouters. We should talk about schmouters yes. since we're talking about cures. So there's only two cures yeah. for the plague in a the game. There's the one you can make, the panacea, but then there's one that's made of crushed up pills. Like I don't know, like some like odd like five years ago in the game's like chrono- you know chronology. Uh, some kids in a certain courtyard in town took a bunch of pills, crushed them up, put them in boxes, and then spread them around town. It's called Schmouter. Yeah. It's called Schmouter, and uh, against all odds, this horrible mix of chemicals seems to cure the plague. Uh, neither you nor Dankowski can come to any scientific reason for why it would, which is infuriating to both of you, uh, because it's in very short supply, because this stuff is five years old, and a lot of it has already been used up. It also hurts like hell. Yeah, it like drops you down to like a single hit point when you take some. Uh, which, to kind of go back to that panacea story, what, oh god, did you do the stuff with Murky mm-hmm. where, like, meeting her imaginary friend? Yeah, I'm, I was wondering that, since you've already cured yourself once of the plague. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I cured myself of the plague, I wasted one of the very few cures you can get, uh, and then, like, the next night, Murky was like, I'm finally ready to introduce you to my imaginary friend, come meet me out in the steppe at night at this campfire, and you go... And you meet uh, the changeling, which I guess we should talk about her a little bit before I go on with this story. She's hard to talk uh, about because they kind of keep a lot of who she is and what she's doing sort of like really out of the way. Like, we, you know what Dan Kosky's yeah. about. The changeling, she's the other playable character in original Pathologic. Yeah. Since she has magic powers, can heal with her hands and harm as well. Right. But sometimes she seems like an innocent, like, teenage girl who just wants to help people with the healing miracles she insists that she has, even though she can never seem to demonstrate them to you. Um, But then other times she has this very, like, sinister disposition and is very, like, insulting to you and implies that she is, like, cursing you. She cursed me that I can only ever talk during dialogue options. And and you could respond to her, like, yeah, you didn't do that. That was always a problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, so, and you never really know when you see her which Clara you're gonna get, uh, cause that's her name, if, if you're gonna get the good Clara or the evil you Clara. You don't know until you're in dialogue with her and you see the name Changeling or Clara. Yeah, yeah, the Changeling is the, the evil one. Um, so, you, it's the evil 
Clara. It's the changeling out at this campfire. And she talks to you about how, like, she has taken Murky. And uh, if you want her to live, you're going to have to deal with her. And uh, she basically says, like, the only way I'm going to spare Murky's life is if you accept the plague into you. And I'm like, motherfucker, I just cured it off of me. I was going to ask. Fine, I don't want this adorable little orphan girl to die, so yes, go ahead. (laughs) Murky, the the orphan girl who tells you straight up to your face, no, there's nothing about you to love. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Murky has a hard life. Yeah, I know. I I never took it seriously. I was always like, no, you're, you're barefoot and dirty, and you live in an abandoned rail car. Right. Because then uh, on the last day when you go to see her, she can, she's like, no, listen, I'm sorry I said that. I love you. Yeah. But I'm like, Did oh, you, cry? you poor child. I fucking lost my shit on the stream. Oh, I just want to hug this I, poor girl. Tears pouring down my face like, I love you too. Yeah. Oh, God. It's it's so good. It's a good scene. Um, yeah. Again, I, I, I legitimately like have affection for the kids you're supposed to take care of in this game. There's actually a dream you can get uh, if Murky dies. Oh. I don't know what the dream is, but like, there's yeah. actually an achievement for getting all the dreams in the game, and yeah, that's a dream I never want to experience. Yeah, I don't want to dream about Murky being dead. No, thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what other things we need to cover. So, oh, we should talk about the cathedral a little bit. Oh yeah, the place that um, it has a giant clock in it. Yeah, there's a giant clock tower in the cathedral. You get the sense that no one is really like. It's a very Catholic style, you know, it's a cathedral, but you don't really get the sense that people here are too religious in that way. It's empty except for that giant clock, by the way. Yeah, there's no, like, pews. Um, There's no religion practice there. No. Uh, The Canes eventually explained to you that the clock, the, the cathedral is a machine that produces time. Uh, and that time moves in the town because the cathedral makes it, and all the clocks in the town absorb the time that the cathedral gives off and distribute it throughout the town. Which is some weird, like, bullshit, but then you think about it, it's like, if you think about way back when, when, like, we were much less connected, like, if you don't have a clock or a watch, there's no concept of, like, 3.42 p.m. or whatever, right? You just have, I don't know, it's afternoon. Yeah. So, like, in a sense, like, having one, cl- uh, even if you have your own clock, you're setting it, like, based on, I don't know, the sun's pretty high, that's probably noon. Having like, a central clock in the town that defines what time it is for the whole town kind of does produce time in a sense, you know? Well, I mean, the thing is... Too as the game well yes as the game uh, goes on, um the, like you know every time like midnight like hits and the next day starts, you get like a big like voiceover you know and you're you know the same voice actor as your father as Artemy Rock's yeah. father, and um also some like little, little message on the screen, and at what point like you know do you hear the voice talk about time moving faster. And it's yeah. such an easy thing to brush off. You're like, yeah, I'm pretty stressed right now. It does feel like things are getting crazier. No, actually, the game's actually moving faster and faster. The time of the day is, go- is going faster. Your hunger meter, your thirst meter, your all those meters are going down faster as a result in real time. Yeah. Uh, the Inquisitor comes to town and makes her office, uh, sets her office in the cathedral, and, like... 
townspeople mention that like the pressure she exerts as a person is causing the clock to move faster. Mm-hmm. People uh, aren't supposed to be in there. It's supposed to be empty. Yeah, it's uh, it's very cool when you realize like, wait, no, this day is way shorter than the last one. What the hell just happened? The Inquisitor is like a really bizarre part of the game too i feel like there's like parts of the story missing and i'm wondering if we're going to see more of it with the other characters yeah i wonder because it seems like her character fits the most with brock's because her whole thing is that like she falls in love with them or whatever and that feels very sudden because you don't talk to her that many times and if you've been going to all the like the the stage like you see like scenes afterwards of them having a conversation that you never actually had with her in game yeah and like her, I wonder if that's stuff that got cut just because sometimes you got to cut shit to get a game out the door. Maybe uh, I feel like there was some intention to it, though. I don't know. Possibly. I, I really, yeah. I really want to wait until like I can see it from an outside perspective. I mean, she has a real dommy mommy appeal too. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Except she's also an inquisitor and literally hangs people from the gallows because of what seems to be arbitrary reasons. She's doing calculations. Yeah. To see. Her thing is that she is, like, extraordinarily intelligent and can kind of ask someone a couple questions and then immediately, like, sum them up as a person and be like, oh, you're just, like, your heart is fundamentally flawed. You need to be hanged for the good of everyone else. Uh Oh, uh, uh, okay. Uh, And you kind of, like, draw her attention in the moment because you are kind of... You're not beyond her understanding, but you're, like, a more complex puzzle for her to solve than most people. And she's like, yeah, there's something about you. I don't know what it is. And then you eventually start to learn that she is, like, developing feelings for you. Yeah, if you start, if you bump around or around town, there's a few spots you can find her that are kind of part of the story, too. Um, like, she, like, listens to you talk, and I feel, I feel like she's, like, developing more of an opinion of you. I think that's where she falls in love with you, because she's making the same sort of calculation. Yeah. Um, I, which I guess this is as good a lead in as any to the termitary. Oh yes, yeah, so let's talk about the termitary. Uh, the the scream zone. Yeah. So uh, again, the termitary is the place where all of the workers in the town are kept. Uh, it, it's kind of like a barracks for them. Most of the workers uh, are the kin. Uh, they are kind of. Uh, overseen by is it Foreman Oyuk? Is that his name? Like O Y U K? Oyen. Oyen. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's kind of the him and your dad were kind of the leaders of the kin. Uh, he's this like super big buff old dude with like a steel bull mask. Um, and they got locked inside the termitary because they were the people that run the butcher. Uh, you know, the the slaughterhouse were worried that a strike was going to break out and they locked them in there to uh, fuck them. And then the plague breaks out and they kind of take credit for creating a quarantine zone in the termitary. Oh, look at us. We were so forward thinking when that wasn't the motivation behind it at all. Um, so you kind of need to get to Tana Taichik for most of the game, and you can't because she's in the termitary. You have to have, like, a dream to meet her. This kid, by the way, she's like a seven-year-old gremlin. Yes. <laughs> Who, like, everyone worships. She's like a little throne inside the termitary. Like Mother Superior is an actual title. Yeah. Uh, eventually, the doors to the termitary are open. 
Uh, the Inquisitor is going there to inspect it. And it turns out the plague hit it possibly days ago. And almost everybody inside is dead. And it is an absolute horror show. It mirrors uh, something that happened in the games like past too, when Artemy Burak was over in medical school and your father like locked off a part of town to let people right. die of the plague. Yeah, because this plague has hit the town before, and yeah, your dad's solution was to seal off the district where it broke out and just burn everything down and kill everybody healthy and sick to burn the plague out. Uh, which is extreme, but I mean, that's I mean, given that does solve the problem. Given the, the death plague. toll of the plague, like it's understandable, but it's pretty yikes. Did you get to the end of that uh, part of the storyline with the kin? By the way, uh, yes, I awesome. did. Yeah, 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 because that's so important. It's such a good like conversation at the end of that. You mean the stuff with the Olgimskis, right? Um, not just Olgimskis, but who will lead the kin? Oh, okay, yeah, I. Did but I'm 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 a little hazy on what how exactly that resolved. Uh, maybe as we talk through it, I'll kind of jog my memory. So there's this whole like whole thing of, of like your you know, so Artemy Burak's father he was kind of led the kin through wisdom while Foreman Oyan led through strength, and Foreman yes. Oyan's kind of at the behest of um, Fat Vlad, you know, basically kind of like submitted to Fat Vlad's authority. Yeah, Oyan's kind of a class traitor. Yeah, yeah. And His whole thing is that, like, the kin... The kin have a thing where they believe they're all part of one big collective, and they act unanimously. And Oyin compares them to uh, bulls, and he is the bull driver. He's going to command them and make them do what he wants, and that's actually good for them. Yeah, Because they'd be, like, directionless without he him. He insists that the kin can only be ruled for strength. And you can... Yes. And you can insist the whole time that that's not true. They, you know... There's a better path. Uh, it's right. not just a wisdom, but like a line that you know you can trace a line that your father didn't follow that he's not following. Yeah, and you are given a chance at one point to uh, unify the kin. Like the kin, are like yo, like because you wanted to move out of town, you want to move to this abandoned like you know place, abandoned like pile of yurts. That's where you get the uh, earth blood at, by the way. Yeah, back to their like ancestral village. Yeah. yeah, you tell them to move over there. The plague won't reach them there. But they won't go because there's dissent among the kin. And you're yes. told you need to kill the dissenters. Right. They, they say, like, listen, we have, like, a, a gangrenous arm that you need to amputate as our surgeon by murdering a whole bunch of people. They are very insistent that this is the only way. And you can in also yeah. be insistent and say, no, I will find a better way. And all you have to do is be patient before another opportunity presents itself. Yes. And there's this beautiful conversation where you talk to one of the centers, a worm. Um, I think they're all worms, the dissenters. I don't know. I think so, and, yeah. Um, yeah. And you... You tell him, like, yo, like, you, you need to, like, follow the rest of the kin. And he's like, why should I follow you? Like, your father failed us. The, form, the foreman failed us. And you go into a, a excellent speech about what you learned, about lines, about how things are connected. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good part. You're about right. About how, like, you know, like, your your father, he cut. He cut things apart. He separated things. But he never mended anything together. And that, that's what you do, is that you're going to mend things together, and that you have been mending. You've been making connections this whole time. Yeah. And, you know, like, just basically saying, like, yo, I actually do have a better way. I'm not just rehashing my father's legacy. And it, yeah. the exact wording is so much better. It's it's worth doing a quest line for it, because, like, I was 
watching, you know, one of my friends in chat was going like, holy crap, this is amazing. Yeah, it's it's fantastic writing. Uh, and I, I mentioned before, this is a very well-written game. I obviously can't read Russian. I assume the Russian is also very well written, but the localizers did a tremendous job. Yeah, localizers were also like on Twitter saying, please buy this game. I want to like, I want to localize the Changeling and the Bachelor stories really bad. Did you uh, read or pick up on the fact that the the tragedians always speak in iambic pentameter? No, I didn't. But I'm also really terrible at anything like that. That's fair, yeah. I, I saw one of the localizers talking about it. I probably wouldn't have noticed if not. But yeah, all of their dialogue is iambic. That's amazing. Yeah. Tragedians are just... Just... They're so weird, because, like, they're the they're on, like, the logo of the game. They're never really explained, other than being tied to the theater somehow. But then also, everybody has one that, like, whispers their darkest secrets to you. Yeah, it's so strange. It yeah, like you'll be meeting a new NPC for the first time, or going to the house the first time, and you look over, you see some tragedian and like some pose around the room. Usually, they, you know, fetal pose is one of them. I think you know, her arms yeah. are on their knees, looking like they're in pain. And you talk to them, and they explain something about the person you're next to, give some insight to why they feel the way they do. Yeah, and you can argue with like, them as if you're arguing with that person. In, the, in a sense. Right. And it's it's never like super clear, like, does anyone else see these? I don't think they do. I think just Burak does, but yeah, it's it's interesting. So where to where to, where to go from here? Because we, we we've covered like a lot of the main like swings and definitely we should probably talk about the, the Olgimsky's uh fate with the Termitary. What did you do? So Because so basically what happens, the kin are understandably uh Beyond furious that, you know, scores of them were killed off by the plague because the Olgimskis tried to break up their strike, and they want blood for it. They want to kill Fat Vlad. So, remember uh, I was saying I wanted to conquer the game? I mean, uh-huh. I was absolutely looking at guides on how to do this, so I managed to save yeah, yeah. Uh, both Fat Vlad and his son. Oh, you did? See, I got to a point just by wandering around where... So, what it is is that, like... Fat Vlad's son is the one who actually ordered that the Termitary be sealed up. So even though Vlad Sr. is the one who is, like, the owner of the Arbitoire, his son is kind of the actual responsible party. And he's actually, like, torn up with guilt about it and is totally prepared to go and let them do what they will to him. Whereas his dad is like, fuck those losers, I'm not going anywhere. Um... But if you convince young Vlad to go, the dad will be like, well, I don't want my son to die, so I guess I'll go in his place. If you're clever or use a guide or just, like, you know, work through it, you can save both of them. Uh, I got to a point where I could save both of them and then kind of thought it through and said, no, I fucking hate Fat Vlad. Let him kill him. I don't care. (laughs) And that's, like, that's a choice they actually want you to make in that game. They want you to start prioritizing people. Yeah. Um, I got. I, there's like no way to say this without sounding like I'm trying to do a humble brag because 100 sure. I use guides. I played through the game like first like seven days of the game a couple times before getting my final run. But no, you absolutely uh-huh. can save every single character in the game. It does take a little bit of yeah. luck on the uh, dice rolls for infection. Yeah, I lost a fair number of people um, early on. You get like you know tooltips on the loading screens, and one of them is like, hey. Don't save scum a whole bunch. Just kind of let the consequences play out, even if they seem catastrophic. It'll be more interesting that way. And I was like, all right, okay, fine. I'm 
losing characters I care about, but I will I will let the tragedy of that be part of the story of this game with me. That's how I'm going to do uh, the next two characters, is I'm going to run them a little more honestly, because I, I, I have these mechanics down, all right, at least for this version of it. Yeah. You know, like, like I, I'm strong, but let's let's just enjoy it the way it's meant to be enjoyed. Sure, definitely. Um, and yeah, like, to me... I don't think actually any of the heads of the families lived in my game. Like, uh, Sabarov, uh, his wife lived, but he died. Like, he got infected. I was like, I don't have that much medicine, and you're a fucking cop. So, you know, I guess we'll see if the dice like you, buddy. <laughs> and they didn't. Later, nerd. Later, nerd. Uh, and yeah, like I said, I actively manipulated events to get Fat Vlad killed, because fuck him. Uh, I, I don't remember if the Canes died or not. They might have lived, uh, which is a shame, because, God, I hate them. Did You saved all the kids, I imagine. I did save all the kids. So that... All right. So throughout this game, you are confronted by a manifestation of the plague. It is like this robed figure in a like bony bird mask, and it just taunts you for thinking that it's even possible to beat it, because it's death itself, and death is part of life. You, you're a doctor, but you're not God, idiot. You're not going to stop and you me. You run into the same sort of like character model numerous times in the game. Like there's Talon yeah. and Beak who aren't the plague. Right. They're just orderlies at the. Because they convert the theater into a hospital, and those are costumes they had at the theater that they wear because they provide a little bit of protection against the plague. But uh, the actual plague is like a bigger, kind of more grungy version of that costume. Uh, and it just kind of pops in and out of existence to harass you. Now, Talon and Beak, by the way, they felt like the Statler and Waldorf of the game. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, just con- <laughs> like constantly uh, insulting you, giving you advice, having arguments about what's going on. Like, yeah, two cranky yeah. old men. Yeah. Um. So near the end of the game, uh, I you go through the temple where you collect a bunch of blood. Uh, you confront Oyun about what he's done. Oh God, the, I think you the can't... worms. Yeah, you have to fight a lot of worms in there. You were ready for uh, that, you have weren't to... you? Uh, yeah, I I had done a lot of fighting against worms already. Because <laughs> each one of them is like guarding one sample of the blood of the magic blood you need to save everybody. Um. And you eventually confront Oyun deep in the temple, and you figure out he was the one who killed your father. Um, because your dad actively caused the plague to resurge in the town. Because uh, he, him and the Canes kind of got together and thought the plague was an important, well, like, si- overcoming Simon it properly. Cain was in particular. Simon Cain, yeah, he was kind of the, yeah, yeah. And he also died along with your dad. Same night. Uh, yeah, same night, same, same kind of incident. Um... And they kind of believe that overcoming the plague in the right way is an important part of the town's development. Like, if uh, if you don't get the plague and suffer through it, you don't, like, immunize yourself to it. Right, yeah, that's that's kind of the idea. And Oyun thought that was fucking crazy and murdered them. Uh, and you you have a lot of options around to deal with him. I went with, you know what, you can just stay alive and feel guilty yeah, you get, for the no, rest I'll of your life. With, like, no, you're going to think about this, buddy. Yeah, which you can talk to him in the epilogue, and he's like, why'd you let me live? I'm like, yeah, because this sucks right now for you, loser. Bye. Uh, but he shows you to, like, a hole in the ground where you go very deep, 
and the stone gives way to viscera. Flesh. And you're you're inside the organs of some gigantic creature. You know what it reminds me of a bit? What's that? Uh, have you played through System Shock 2? I haven't. Have you heard about it at all? Uh, I know some of the twists okay, of it. Okay, so basically one, one, at the end point of the game, um, you go inside a giant organism and go through uh-huh. like various chambers, and that's what this really feels like. So if you played System Shock 2, that's, this is what that is. Yeah. You eventually like come face to face with this giant heart that's beating. Heart of Zirkin and or you something. kind of Yeah, you kind of come to understand that uh the blood you've been collecting to make the cure is the blood of whatever this organism is. Uh and you sort of wake up back in the town. Uh you also kind of learn maybe the fact that there's organs down there is why there's such a taboo against oh, did, digging did you wake did you wake up in a bed because like i had to find a ladder and it brought me out into this uh well that young vlad's been illegally digging oh you're right yeah yeah because young vlad who is sucks uh has like bought this abandoned house and is just digging a well to break the taboo against digging just to see what God, happened I, why i kind of want to mention young vlad for a second because like he first pitches yeah. himself as this more reasonable version of his father like no workers deserve all these rights you know they deserve like all these good benefits you're like wow that sounds really noble of you and yeah. then he reveals that his whole sol- and he seems to be really fascinated with the kin and right he really he reveals to you later on in the game that he wants the kin to assimilate into the town. He's an assimilationist. Mm-hmm. He's a rat bastard. Yeah. Right. And he's very interested in their culture, but he's interested from a very detached perspective. Like, he would, he's the kind of person that would, like, go to college to, like, study the kin and, like, oh, I'm kind of an expert on it, even though I don't have any actual respect for any of this, like, Yeah, he'd get all the book deals writing about the kin. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he sucks. He didn't suck quite enough that I wanted him to die, but he does suck. It's such, like, a big thing, too, when it all clicks in the place, and you're like, hold on a second, this guy sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you climb up out of that well back into the town, and you have more of the blood, but you don't have a ton of it. You have, like, six vials of it. You know what's also an important bit of knowledge is now you know why they're not allowed to dig into the town. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you open your map for the first time after doing that, you don't get the map. You get a picture of a bull, and then you kind of like mess with it, and you realize the town is just a giant bull. Like the layout of the town fits the bull. The tributaries match, like its like legs cur- curling in the polyhedron, yeah. its horns. It is so that cool. Was more like its flank. <laughs> it is one of the coolest moments in a game. God, it's amazing. I was expecting it. Like, I knew about it. And even when I saw it for the, first, for the second time, it was still like a really holy shit moment, which was also yeah. echoed, by, echoed by my chat. Right. Well, like you said, the abattoir is its flank. Uh, the kin kind of talk about how – I forget who gives you this dialogue. But back when they lived in their ancestral village, the abattoir made up the bull's head. Yeah. And it's just kind of like a symbol of like where the kin's place in this – society has gone where now this sacred place that was the head of the bull is the ass of the bull Mm -hmm. uh but yeah and the idea is like okay we need to pump this blood up somehow i don't know how god that's gonna be a problem i've got six samples of it for now and i can cure six people um and uh i i went to the termitary for some reason i think to do that dialogue you were talking about uh and on the way out it's like the beginning of day 10 Near the end of the game, and the manifestation of the plague comes to me and says, like, yeah, what, 
you know, taunts me again and says that, you know, guess what? They're like, this doesn't work by rules. Like, I don't have to play fair. And he just infects every one of the kids that you're supposed to protect. No roll. Yeah. There are uh, seven kids, and I have five samples of the cure. <laughs> or how? Or there were two. I, I was too short. I forget how the math worked out. So I've been stuck on Schmatters the entire game, and the plague was doing that stuff. And I'm sitting there looking at the panacea in my hands, looking at the at the pile of Schmatter. I'm just like, bring it on. Yeah, see that that's I will great. End you. I was not stockpiling yeah, Schmatters. It's a little uh, more frightening <laughs> because the, you, the kids are to be loved and protected, and it's probably a very horrible feeling not being able to cure them. Well, it, yeah, I was in the situation where it was like, oh god, I have to make like this horrible choice. Which two of these children am I going to let die? See, this is what kind of drives me though to want to do this perfect playthrough because I knew about this and I knew it was going to happen, yeah. and I I was absolutely terrified of literally any child dying. Well, so here is where this game like hit a different level for me because. Like I said, you get tooltips from the beginning that say, hey, you should just let bad things happen because that's a more interesting story. You're also getting all of these moments with Mark Immortal. Like, I got that speech from him that I'm not taking this world seriously and treating it like a real place. And it's becoming more fake because of that. And it hit me that, like, I if I'm going to inhabit the character of Artemy and actually care about these actual children... I'm not going to let two of them die because it's more interesting. I care about these kids and want to save them. So I, for the first time in the game, abuse save scumming to hit up every one of the stashes to find extra schmouters. And then that still left me with one medicine short because there weren't that many schmouters. And I abused more save scumming to like see which one of the kids can just win the dice roll and live through the night. And it was just this moment of like, yeah, you know what? It, in some ways, I'm like breaking the rules of the game, but the plague break the, broke the rules exactly. of the game too. Yeah, like if if you're not playing fair, neither I'm, I'm not going to either, and I'm a better cheater than you, you stupid bird man. <laughs> and it was just this, again, something where like the mechanics of the game lined up in a way that fit its theme really well in kind of an emergent way that like certainly wasn't planned for on the part of the designers, but it worked so well for me i'm not sure they they are pretty good at planning some weird shit they are that is true maybe that's that's underestimated but just like that's that's a weird like edge case scenario uh that i don't you know yeah who knows but it just it was so satisfying to get to like the end of it and be like oh god i've tried every kid but murky every kid other than murky dies i don't uh all right murky i'm not treating you this time around Oh, thank God you lived. <laughs> Murky, the unkillable orphan girl, except she's very killable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 so good. <laughs> so, I had an issue when I was playing too, where Ruben glitched out for me. Oh, okay. I saved Ruben. Ruben can uh, die after they, when the yes. Inquisitor gets there if you haven't made the panacea. And oh, okay. And you have to like help him and stuff too. There's like a few things. Yeah. And so he didn't die. Awesome. Cool. People are talking about him like he's alive. I think I might have gotten the same bug, but go I on. I never found him again in the entire game. And when I got to the ending, 
where he was standing was a tragedian doing the message oh, what? Oh. that when someone dies and I'm like but but he's alive I looked at my like I looked at my list of people he was very much alive Oh weird It was super annoying I'm like you, you MFers I earned this Okay that's not what happened to me I saved him too uh and then you know he's been working for like 3 nights straight I did that very hard combat encounter where I saved him uh and then he went to his house to sleep and I'm like, uh, no, you told me you were going to tell me everything, but he won't wake up. And I'm like, all right, fine. And he just stayed in that bed for the rest of the game. He would never wake up for me. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have no idea what's up with Ruben. Yeah, he was awake for the epilogue for me, but that was it. Yeah, no, just just had a tragedy in there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, then after this, like, last, like, super hard thing where you have to cure all eight kids in one day or let some kids die... Uh, you get to the final day where you have this problem where you know that there's blood under the ground that can cure the plague, but there's no easy way to pump it up. And also the plague has been telling you that, you know, that the bull that you're going to extract this blood from is like nature. It's, it's mother Bado, the, the God that they, the kin worship, Mm -hmm. um, if you extract the blood from it, you're going to kill it, and you're going to, like, wipe magic out of the world. Uh, the polyhedron is kind of this big, like, you know, it's it's the Kane's invention. It's this, like, super... It, it's modernity, like, creeping into the town in this weird you way. Know, we didn't mention the fucking nail in the heart room. Uh, remind me what you mean. So when you talk to the heart underneath the town, it um, across the room from it, pointed directly at it, is is a is like a sharp point. Oh wow! I totally missed it's that. It's the polyhedron. <laughs> right. It's the it's the base of the polyhedron that's dug super deep into the town, and it has pierced the flesh of the bull, and that's where the plague is coming from. It's like a defensive response by the bull. Um. The the plague has like a lot of dialogue about how the the plague exists uh, to humble humanity and teach them not to try to walk on two feet, uh, and that you know as long as you stop pursuing these like ungodly things like the polyhedron, the plague won't kill you. Um, so you're in the situation where the army is here; they want to destroy the town, but you convince them. You can convince them to bomb the polyhedron and destroy it because you can then use its foundation as like a wellspring to get the cure out. The problem with that is it seems like that bull will not survive having this huge spike ripped out of it. Uh, So you're in this weird situation where the canes don't want you to destroy their polyhedron because it's so important for the evolution of humanity, but the kin also don't want you to do it because it'll kill the bull. And destroy magic, and like the worms will die if you do you that. You get fronted of a bunch of supernatural like creatures at one point together, begging you not yeah. to do it. Yeah, they just ask, like they're just like, please don't. You, we're going please to die. Pity if you us, do. Sir. Yeah. Um. So you can either destroy it or not. What did you do? I thought about it real hard and said, no, I made connections in this town. I followed the lines. I am going to have that thing blown the heck up. Yep. 
That's what I did too. Uh, so I don't, I didn't even like look up the other ending. I guess the plague just kind of passes if you do. And it's like, well, things are okay for now, but you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, if you bomb the tower, it collapses and just like blood just oozes up out of the ground and you can use it to manufacture the cure. fulfills a prophecy where they say the Burox will spill rivers of blood. Yes. Uh, and then it just kind of cuts to the epilogue where you can wander around the town. Your your hunger doesn't, like, climb anymore. There's no danger. Time doesn't pass. And you can just talk to everybody who's still alive to get a sense of, like, what they're going to do now that the plague is over. And it changes, too, depending on who survived. Like, what they say. Yeah, yeah because if someone dies, there's just, like, a tragedy in there who just says, like, oh, there's just an empty space here where a person well, should There's be. some interactions, too, between the characters, like if one of them, one character dies, yeah. the other one doesn't. They they mention that. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, what did you do with Grace, the cemetery girl? So I had I I didn't like my first run on it, so I had to do I I went I went back and reloaded. But basically, yeah. I I told her like, hey, like you you need you need to live with a people, and you needed to stop living in this cemetery by yourself. It's making you real weird. And I'm real concerned. Oh, that, yeah. What did you do with the uh, the mass grave? So, the first time, this is why I reloaded. By the way, I'm okay. I step out the door, and I I think I, I I hear an herb, and I turn around and look at the bushes and go, wait a fuck, wait a second, I squint, and there's the rat prophet, which we can get to maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. There's so many things in this game. Practically hovering there. And he made, makes a deal where, like, hey, you don't need to burn the bodies. I can take care of it. I'm just going to eat, oh. eat every uh, corpse on the left. And when, when, oh. when he talked to Grace afterwards, she's like, it, it's weird. It's like the gun's silent, but something doesn't feel right. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to reload. I don't like this either. <laughs> yeah. I don't trust the Rat Prophet. As far like, I've never seen him do anything bad, necessarily, but he seems untrustworthy. Yeah, I... Yeah, I I don't. I mean, he he messes with uh, Maria Kane. Not was it Maria Kane? Yeah, or was it... yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, Samarov. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the su- uh, Katarina. Katarina Subarov. Yeah, messing with her, um, mocking her, and she's a lady of uh, frail mental health. Yeah, she's a frail mental health. She's supposed to be like uh, sort of like an oracle for the town, but she has a lot of problems. The town she... mistresses are a whole whole chunk of lore about the town too this town's weird yeah this is yeah this game is extremely dense like we've been talking about it for almost two hours and there's a lot more we could cover if we didn't need to like live our lives there's no way we could cover (laughs) it all and like even if we have like spoiled and covered like i i will say it over and over again if this sounds like a fun time to you yeah if if this sort of arduous gameplay it sounds fun to you and even if even if you know you don't want to go in hard mode. I guess you can turn down the difficulty. They finally added that. Yeah, you can adjust the difficulty. They do warn you, like, listen, this game is supposed to be just shy of unplayably hard. <laughs> like, they, I think they say it's supposed to be unbearable. Yeah, though they have they have it balanced on the like head of a pin. It's very very yeah. well balanced. Like, you can crack it still, sure, but right. if you're just w- blundering through it through for the first time it is such a tense experience it still is a tense experience even when you know what you're doing um, yeah and like yeah i would really urge you to just use the default difficulty settings but that said 
if that's just not going to work for you, I would honestly rather you play the game at all than you play it with the intended difficulty. And who knows? Maybe you'll want to try. You know, once you've seen what the game has to offer, maybe you'll try it the intended difficulty. Yeah. I mean, like this is one. Uh, yeah. This is like the only instance I could ever even vaguely argue that the difficulty for this is kind of part of the point. Yeah, yeah, and I would say even if you do want to turn it down, use kind of a light touch with it, like turn it down little by little until you hit a sweet spot mm-hmm. with it. That's, that's good it advice. It is supposed to be stressful and difficult but obviously everyone has different thresholds for that stuff and you want it to be stressful without being so stressful that it's I mean, unplayable i consider difficulty and accessibility kind of option and i absolutely want everyone sure. who you know be to be able to play this but like 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 luke said here light touch please yeah um but anyway yeah so with grace you know she's like this girl who lives by herself at the cemetery she can talk to the dead like, she just has you talk to your dad on day two. That happens. Uh, and she's having a, a serious problem because all of the deaths from the plague are making too many dead too fast. And it's, like, suffocating her. Uh, but she doesn't want you to burn the bodies because that will eliminate their ghosts. And, like, that's bad. Um, I decided that, you know what? Listen, I hear you and I understand. But also, I'm going to prioritize the living over the dead here. I'm going to burn this grave so that you don't die. Um, I did go with, like, there's a caretaker that comes and like, we need to take Grace away. She needs to, like, have parents. I went with, you know what? She's managing the cemetery. She seems like she's doing a competent job. People respect her, even though she's a kid. I think, I think she actually knows what's best for her more than you do, lady. Um, but regardless of that, in the epilogue, uh, she got adopted by the Sabarovs. Yeah. Uh, which was really nice in my game because, like, you know, Katarina has a lot of, uh, sadness over the fact that she can't bear children. So they connect on that level. Like, oh, Katarina finally has a daughter. Grace is a family. And like I said, the, the, I forget the dude Sabarov's name, the cop. Victor, uh, I think. Yeah, he... Yeah, he died in my game, but Grace is like, yeah, that's fine. I still have a dad because I can talk to him still. Hey, nice. like, All right. Hey, you know what? This seems like a happy ending. You got a dad and the town lost a dick Did uh, Peter Stemmeton survive in your game? Uh, which guy was him? He was the... Uh, oh, one of the architects? Yeah, he was the architect. Was he the one that owns the bar or the, the other, other one? one? I think he survived. The one that owns the bar definitely died. I forget if Peter lived or died. So... If you um have her uh get like adopted out to a parent, she actually starts living with Peter Stamaton for a bit. Okay. Um, and they actually really hit it off super well. That's he good. Gives, he he she gives him the the brilliant idea to dig a pit, an architectural pit, something that's different than the polyhedron. And when you point out to him that the town has a taboo against digging underground, he said, "Don't worry about it. I'll defy space itself." Great. This, di- Whatever, this dude's dude. got some huge, uh, huge uh, drug abuse and alcohol problems. Like you go to his house, it looks yeah. like you know the colloquial crack den. It looks like a, it looks like a. He's not having a good, uh, good healthy life yeah. there. I mean, there's a bunch of beautiful paintings. Like he's working still, but he's when you see him, he is obviously falling right. apart. Yeah, I mean, he did build a tower that defies all sense of logic and physics, but you know, 
and that was that was um, it. That was his great project. He would he would build nothing better than that, and it kind of ruined him. Yeah, which I was gonna say too. Part of the reason I hate the Kane so much is that they're just these like rich old men that just sit in that mansion and think, and they're like, "Aha! What if we made the town more like a living organism?" When like, yeah, the Kane have believed that for like ever. You dicks! Like that's not your that's idea. A good point. Yeah, the Kane, the Canes are very <laughs> much the kind of people who will go, "What if we made your toilet have a." boxing glove on a spring that punches you in the dick every time you try to use it. Yes, this will make right, human because beings. that'll teach you to evolve past needing to shit. <laughs> yeah, I hate those people so much. Always always their calculations and like schemes and like the if enough of them uh, survive cuz I don't know if you got like, uh, that's right you said the head of the household died. They're already talking about building the building a new town on the other side of the river. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so you kind of get to do a victory lap, talk to everybody that survived. Um, you got everybody. I got, I think, like half of the people that can live. And the thing is, both of those are like equally respectable. Yeah. Like, play, play it um, how you will. Yeah. Like, to me, like, just saving those eight kids was an achievement enough that like, yeah, it sucks that these people died. Like, I lost uh, Bad Grief. Oh, no. I lost Laura, who we haven't even talked about, but she's another one of your childhood friends, and that one hurts. I'm like, oh, God. Great. I can't even save Scum to save her. I'd have to go back, like, three days to, like, reverse engineer I what I need to do to save her. I don't want to tell you what she has to say if she survives, because you're going you're gonna to feel a lot of pain. <laughs> oh, hit me with it. All right. She offers to, like, help take care of the kids. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, it's like, you know, there's no <laughs> way you're raising she... those on your own. <laughs> no read it and then she yeah. then she yells like this yells at you don't read into it more than that i mean it's like too right, late yeah you're yeah. literally childhood oh, friends <sighs> uh did you find the inquisitor on the last day because she like books it and is talking about like escaping the town yeah, before she, she wants, gets she murdered wants to, she gets like your character a deal like hey like run away with me after yeah. this town get in the train of b and I'm sitting there going like, "Wow, this is really sudden." Um, but if you say no, um, yeah, I did find her. By the way, yeah, I didn't find her after that conversation. I had to, I had to look it up though because it's actually really hard uh-huh. to find her. Um, yeah, where is so, she? So uh, if you go to the town hall and kind of search around like the right side of the building, uh, she's uh-huh. dead there in the grass. Oh, jeez! Wow. On her. Okay. Yeah, they 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 heck and shot her. Damn. Yeah, the military's there in um, town by now. I don't think we actually mentioned that, but, like... I, I mentioned it briefly yeah. when we were setting up, like, how you destroy the polyhedron. Yeah, so but all that yeah, stuff they... you saw in the intro, yeah, it's kind of what the town's turning into. Like, the screws keep getting turned up. Like, um, yeah. more parts of town end up being plagued, and then when the, those parts of town stop being plagued, they turn into Knife City. And then um, and then the military's there, and then they're bringing in flamethrower dudes to burn infected people. Yeah, and if you're infected, they will attack you. Oh yeah, I, I'm glad I didn't experience that because it would have hurt a lot. Yeah, and yeah. um, yeah, like the town's just becoming like some layer of hell. Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think. I lost my train of thought. Shit. Um, oh yeah, when you talk to the Inquisitor and she's trying to get you to run away, and you say no. She, like, says, listen, this is all fake. This is just, like, like, don't, it's not real. 
Like she she's like knows about the theater and stuff, which no one else seems she, to. She also found out where to play a game from by doing math. Yeah, yeah. She's like, these aren't real people. They're just like whatever. Just abandon them. And again, to me at this point, the game is very much about like emotional presence and like no they're as real as like i'm they have as much reality as i'm willing to extend to them and i care about them uh so i'm not gonna ditch them and uh yeah she's like all right well fine i guess not i, I wonder what happens if you say yes because obviously the game's not gonna let you just dip oh uh, well yeah it, it doesn't let you dip uh i don't know if she dies or not but you obviously don't get out of town with her right there are soldiers posted at the station so maybe just her dead body's there instead of at the town hall. yeah and I I don't know. I actually really liked her, but again, Dami Mommy appeal. Right. No, I mean she's a compelling character. She's also a very compelling um, character too. And she has like a real particular like cadence of speaking and you know, the infamous yeah. lines of like give me give me forty five seconds to think and then you and then right. there's a dialogue option of like, you know, forty three, forty four, forty five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like how much Artemy has no patience for her. Oh, I got the impression that he did the full count in that case. Oh, I did too, but I got the impression that he was like, I know that was like in brackets, but I kind of imagine as he's whispering it like loud enough for her to hear. You know, it's kind of, kind of, I guess, an interesting note about Artemy here, since we're back, back on the subject of Artemy. He gets referred to yeah. as like a hunchback and really like hideous throughout the game. And you look at his like yeah. silhouette and, and it, it looks like a, some horrible deformed like person. Uh-huh. And and then when like whenever you see him on stage because you get to see Artemy but not you Artemy who's also yeah. Artemy it don't think about it too hard on stage it's right. like hold on this dude doesn't have a hunchback and also he's really hot what the hell he's kind of a stud yeah <laughs> well you know that happens anytime you get like a movie adaptation they got to get Tom Cruise to play him in the movie you know even though. And oh, they drew like one scar on his face, kind of, to show that he's deformed. Also, it's, it really bugged me too because there's a little exoticism going on too with some of the step women and the herb brides. Like you, you see, yeah. you see some titty yeah. in this game, and you're you're bare scraps away from seeing more than that in the in a few as well, right? And you know, it, it's not great. And I've looked at Ice Pick Lodge. Is this is a a developer? other games and it looks like they have a little bit of uh titillation some other games too it seems like an unfortunate habit of theirs because boy howdy uh, would i like to see that balance of some shirtless scenes of artemy yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. it's like there's that bit where you go hang out with dankowski overnight uh he he should like wake up and dankowski's just walking around with his shirt off just like both like shirts off having this deep conversation you know that would have yeah no i was thinking of that very scene it was yeah balance it out a little just like the sexual tension in the room that you cut with a knife yeah they hate each other Uh, but is there something more (laughs) yeah yeah uh so as you're wrapping up the epilogue you do your victory lap you talk to everybody uh the last place you go well first of all the ferrymen are still there which implies to me that i didn't kill all magic in the world uh, which kind of I think goes into what you were saying, like the you're you're trying to save something called the Udurg the entire game, and you eventually learn that that means like the whole. It's kind of like referred to as a bull um, in kin I mythology. I think it's like a body made of many bodies or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and like they can't have this whole thing where like slaughtering a bull and letting out it's like blood and meat is like a 
uh, mimicry of, like, uh, the creation of the universe, that kind of thing. Um, which to me is like, yeah, I'm, I slaughtered the bull under this town, but the real, like, Uderg was not whatever creature was down there. It was like... It was the friends you made along the way. It was the friends I made along the way. It was more metaphysical than that. It was the connections between us. So I didn't kill anything, so magic still exists. Like, those worms are still there in the epilogue. Well, I mean, they, the worms they, did, did they say they're half out. flesh and half earth, so... That's true. I don't know, I, I took that to mean that, like, hey, the fears about all of the worms dying if you do this, like, were maybe unfounded. Did Aspidy survive in yours? Aspidy died of the plague she fairly early She mentions feeling weaker if you uh, uh, okay. hold it, and then... Um, the if you when you find the changeling, she flips out about you, saying you don't know what you did. Yeah, like you 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 don't know who does hurt, implying that there's some like higher power that you completely screwed over. Probably, uh, and I am curious. I'm not going to say it because you mentioned that you're you're not spoiled on Pathologic One. I'm curious if they will keep some of the changeling stuff in Pathologic Two, or if they're going to change it at all. It'll be interesting. Is it a is it a ride? They, there are some reveals in Pathologic 1 that are not present in Pathologic 2 currently, where I was like, oh, oh, huh, okay. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm being patient. I might I might still play Pathologic 1. If I'm going to get spoiled on it, I'm going to yeah. get spoiled on the old-fashioned way by playing a, a game released in, what, 2006? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was 19 years old, good lord. God. <laughs> yeah, I was 15. <laughs> um, but the last place you go is the theater where you meet Mark Immortal one more time. And uh, he tells you that, you know, the play failed. It was a flop. You haven't learned anything more about conquering death. Uh, and Artemis is kind of like, I don't know. I thought I did a pretty good job. Uh, and Mark just is like, no, no, no. We'll have to restage it with somebody else. Maybe Dankowski. Hint, hint. It, um, I get the impression, too, because kind of leads into like the Marble Nest a little bit. That the story is mm-hmm. going to really vastly change depending on who's the main protagonist. I I'm guessing, yeah, yeah. It, it feel it feels like okay. What if what if this same situation, but this character cured the plague? Right, exactly. Um, but Mark tells you to all right. Well, the show's over. Why don't you take that costume off uh, backstage? Pick up your Artemis and yeah. Uh, so what was your response to this final choice? No, I, I kind of grown attached to this town, to all these people, yeah. these connections I made, you know, I, this is me now. Yep, that's, that's also what I did. You can either go into the back and take the costume off and, like, you know, become you again and sort of disavow all of the reality of this fictional world, or you can choose to live in it and go out into the town and become its doctor. And, again, to me, like, a big theme in this game was the world is as real as you make it. And, like, you have to have an emotional investment in the world around you to bring it to life. So, to me, like, yeah, of course that's the choice I'm ending on. And it felt like a little, like, no judgments. It's like, you know what? If if you didn't get attached, that's fine. You know, we can't force you to. You know, go ahead and take off your costume. Right. Yeah. uh, God, I love this game very much <laughs> it uh it might be my favorite game ever it's definitely up there you know you're right that's definitely probably my top 10 of all time it's definitely my game of the year oh yeah no and question there's some strong uh, contenders this year too 
it's a good ass year for games, and Pathologic Two blows them all away, as far as I'm concerned. We didn't even have Animal Crossing this year, and got blown away by all the games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, yeah. But we've talked for about two hours now. We should probably wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, we should. Uh, again, if if any of this has been like, oh, that game sounds neat. Go go play it. Go buy it, because I want them to be able to afford to make the Dankovsky episode within a reasonable time they're, frame. They're going to make it regardless, because, like, there was, like, a post implying that, like, it was over, they weren't going to do anymore, but the creator went and, like, clarified that they are eventually going to do the Changeling, and they're just going to do Dankovsky's story. Um, but it's a matter of when, because they didn't make a lot of money from this. They're fine. Company's not going under, but they are downsizing, and... They yeah. are going to make like a mobile game or something in the meantime to get some money back, and then they're going to crack away at it real slowly. They already have the yeah. town made. They already had the engine made or used and utilized. So like, right? I mean, I guess most of it will be like, yeah, writing and like planning the scenarios and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, scripting's the whole thing. Oh boy. Oh yeah, scripting all the characters, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I meant like like um, logic scripting, but yeah, that too. Oh, oh, oh. right. Yeah, that, that's what I meant too. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the logic and the, the narrative mm-hmm. scripting. You know, when you do your uh, flow chart of story beats to have to work. Right, right. But, yeah, I would like to play it, and I'd like to play it, like, within the next year or two. See, it's, <laughs> so go go give them money, it's please. It's on sale right now as of uh, November 27th for 25 bucks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's currently 25 bucks. If you can afford a $25 video game, you can do so much worse than Pathologic 2. Hi, this is Luke cutting in uh, from the future. Pathologic 2 is no longer on sale. They'll probably will be around Christmas time. However, it is coming to Xbox Game Pass. So if you want to pay a subscription, I mean, honestly, if you play it a lot, you can probably finish it in the free trial period. So do that. Come on. Come on. And just like stick with it, like it, it's a mean game. It, the people ins- people say mean things to you. People try to stab you with knives. They try to make you feel bad about your decisions. And when you get to day twelve, you ran that marathon. Yeah, it is a game that in the opening hours feels very dour and cynical and mean. But I think if you stick with it, it slowly opens up, and it is ultimately a very. Uh, hopeful and humanistic game that uh, I have so much affection for. (sighs) Well, I think that about does it. I mean, we could go for so much longer and we're not going to. We could. Again, we didn't even talk about the rat prophet or that uh, acrobat girl. I don't know what her deal is. Um, Didn't talk about the crying babies. Oh, the babies. Oh, no. The baby oil. I couldn't sit I couldn't save one of them. Oh no! I just, I just couldn't find a lockpick or enough medicine. I'm sorry, baby. Ugh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, baby. BB. Norman Reedus will see you in heaven. <laughs> uh, Melissa, where can people find you online? All right, I got a couple places you can search. You find me on. You can find me on twitter.com on my public account. Twitter.com/slash doob underscore butt. That's spelled D O O B H underscore B-U-T-T. And you can also find me on my sort of hobby that kind of sometimes gives me money on twitch.tv slash doob. Again, spelled 
D-O-O-B-H, and I tend to play a lot more relaxing games with a few mainstream games, you know, game here and there. Yeah. All right, uh, and as for me, you can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. Uh, you can find this show on AudioEntropy.com alongside a whole bunch of other great shows such as Teenagers with Attitude, which is all about Power Rangers, uh, Totally Reprise, about Totally Spies, uh, Basho and Tell, which is a sumo wrestling podcast. Uh, it's a podcast after all. It's about amusement parks. There's a whole bunch of them. You should check them out. They're good. Uh, give this show a rating and a review on iTunes. That'd be nice of you. And what would be even nicer is if after buying Pathologic, you still have a little bit of money hanging around. If you went on over to AudioEntropy.com and click that donate button to you know, help us out with hosting fees a little Every bit. Every bit of money helps. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that's, I think, just about does it. Um, I don't have, like, a good sign-off here, other than, God, I can't say it enough times, go play Pathologic 2, please! I mean, it's, it's a compelling enough game to make me consider playing the much more arduous Pathologic 1, so... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, have a, have a good night! It's it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, (laughs) at the time of recording this. It is Thanksgiving tomorrow. This, this, yeah, this will not be out in time for Thanksgiving, but yeah, I, I hope everyone ate good food. Yeah. I, I, I got nothing. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>